What do you wish you would have known before you started your salon? On with me today is Alice Campbell. Hello, Alice. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. Alice is a, um, let's see, she, we had Campbell, uh, Doug on here earlier. This is Doug's wife, Alice. Um, Alice, tell me a little bit about your salon. How long have you been a salon owner? We have been a salon owner 18 years now, 18 plus. Um, It's been, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. And you own multiple salons, right? Yes. We have two salon locations and a barbershop location. Wow. That's so cool. Um, So tell me what inspired you to become a salon owner? Uh, My husband. (laughs) It was, it was all Doug. I had been in the industry 20 years at the time. And when we met and he was like, why don't you own a salon? And I was like, well, I love to educate. I love to do hair. I'm not sure that I want the hassle of running a salon. Mm. And so then he and so then what was his, what was his solution to that? Um, his, he made a good point. He's like, you know, you train people all the time. Cause I've worked with an associate since seven years being into the industry And he's like, you train all these wonderful people and then they just have to go and find what to do. Like, why couldn't you train these people and then create an environment for them to work? Well, that kind of made sense. So (laughs) um, kind of good argument. Yeah. It's like, what would it take to open one? And I was very adamant. The two things was that I had help running, doing the paperwork and the business side of it. And two, that we own the real estate. That was just my yeah. two things uh, that I felt very important to me personally. Dang. So when you started your salon, how was it in the beginning? Tell me about the very first stages of your salon. Was it hard? Uh, it was. We, first of all, we had six months of redoing a hundred year old house because that well. was my idea of a great place to have a salon. And it really was, but it was a lot of work. Doug worked full-time, I worked full-time, and then uh, nights and weekends, we stripped out wallpaper, scraped walls, scraped ceilings, and all that to get it prepared, but it was ours, so that made it okay to do because we felt like every bit of money we put into it and time we put into it, it was our place, so um, then we opened up and um, getting past all the inspections, and anybody out there that's ever opened a salon or a business and had to go through all the inspections. Um, that about, I lost my mind over, I thought, but uh, <laughs> we got past that. And opening it, uh, at first I thought I could just be um, a please all to everybody. So if you mm-hmm. want to do booth rent, do booth rent. If you want to do um, employee, do employee. And, you know, it sounded really great. And, Doug struggled with that a bit, but he was, you know, going to let me run the show. And a year into it, I was ready to pull my hair kind of out. And um, I decided to take Doug's business advice. And from that, it just skyrocketed and it become a wonderful place to employ people. And it's been extremely rewarding to watch people grow. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. You just said that, but what's your favorite thing about being a salon owner? Watching people come in that have been told, um, you know, you're going to go to beauty school. Oh, you couldn't get a real career. 
oh, you'll never support yourself. All of these things that a lot of us have been told um, without yeah. the support of this fabulous career. And uh, mm -hmm. then I watch them buy their first nice car and how excited they mm -hmm. are. And then, you know, them be able to support themselves and purchase their first new home. All of those things wow. are just like super rewarding. Oh, I love that. So as you, as speaking of like, cause you influence a lot of salon owners and we have, you know, you're in the Academy and you, we meet all sorts of people, but tell me something that you would tell somebody who comes to you and is like, dude, I'm struggling as a salon owner, no matter what, like what, what advice would you give somebody who's listening right now? Who's like, I'm just struggling with this whole thing, ready to throw in the towel. First of all, get support. I mean, mm -hmm. that's can't do it alone. <clears throat> that's the, probably the biggest thing we found out real quick was, Mm -hmm. Um, you need support, you need other opinions and voices, and you need to know you're not in it alone because otherwise mm -hmm. you can sit there and get caught up in the fact that I'm the only person experiencing this and what did I do wrong and how can I fix this? And you get caught up to the inside. So it's wonderful to have a support system that is on the outside looking in, or that may have been through the same struggles that can say, Hey, I can help you in that or that you can turn around and help and realize that we're not in this alone and that people do have a wonderful career uh, in this industry. I love that. I love that. Do you think that when you started your business that it was important from the very beginning to have a clear vision and business plan? Like, did you, did it evolve over time? Like when you started your salon, you had an idea, did it evolve over time? Like, do you need, how clear do you need to be before you start? We thought we were super clear. Uh, we found out there's a lot of hurdles that you don't realize you're going to have to jump and a lot mm -hmm. of walls you've got to climb that you don't realize. So it didn't take us long to realize we needed very, very clear systems. Uh, what I thought mm -hmm. were great systems, uh, we realized weren't always the clear systems. And yeah. I'm very, very fortunate that I have Doug because he could see that he's very analytical in the fact that he can take his emotions out to make decisions where I tend to be a little bit more emotional thinker. So it was great having him to step back and, and look at the whole picture, take the emotions out of it, because there's one thing I have learned in owning a salon is when emotions are high, intelligence is low. And so I have to remind myself of that, whether it's me getting upset about something, a staff member getting upset about something, or a client getting upset about something, no matter which way it's coming, you know, when your emotions start to spike, I just have to take a deep breath and go, I need to be intelligent, breathe, you know, and that has helped tremendously. And then when you have a support system that you can actually if you are stumped or you're feeling emotional, you can say, I need to rest on this for a moment. Let me get back to you and let everything nice. simmer down at that point. And then you can actually think, get support and go back with a clear head. And it always seems to calm things down to where you handle things intelligently. And it's great for everybody in, a, in the whole circle. Yeah, I feel like when you own your own business, it's way more important for you to slow down and make ten intention or make decisions intentionally and make sure that you're not just like deciding in the moment because you, you have a lot of people to consider and a lot of things could go wrong. 
So do you think that over time as people, like, would you say that if you have one business plan, it's okay to pivot from what you thought you were going to have to where you want to go now? Oh, absolutely. Because there's one thing that always changes, the hair industry. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. never going to be the same. Things change on a regular (laughs) basis. Every generation is different. So every generation Mm -hmm. of stylists Mm -hmm. or service providers, whether it's massage, estheticians, it doesn't matter what service provider area they're in, generationally we change. I don't think the way that my great aunt, who was a hairdresser in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, she and I do hair totally different. And the way she thought about doing hair was totally different. The way she ran a business was totally different. So you take the course, you set sail, and you're constantly checking the winds to see which way you need to turn. Wow. That's well said. So you think there's a detriment to people who feel stuck in their ways. If you're a salon owner and you're listening and you are just set in like, I started my business this way and I want like some people find success in, in the end result being exactly the way they wanted it to start. And so do you think that's a detriment to your business? If you stay stuck in the way that you thought it was going to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was a commitment I made to myself when I first started um, doing hair as a 19 year old and I was out there and (laughs) you know, the ladies that were in their fifties who I'm there now. And um, I I looked at them. I was like, girl, why are you still doing hair? You should be retired at this point. And I'm like, what are you doing? Still standing on my feet. And I thought, you know, my dad was military. He retired after 20 something years. I just thought, you know, that's kind of what you did. Um, So boy, has that changed. I would have been retired 19 years ago if that would have panned out. Um, but, you know, I don't want to retire. I love what I do. I love the industry that I'm in. And I made a commitment to myself that I would not be the out-of-date hairdresser. It was always my goal that I could have range from birth to 90, 100 years old. Whatever guests sat in my chair, I could service them and make them happy. So I knew from the beginning, I had to have a lot of education and be willing to change course on a regular basis. Wow. To be like, we have a saying, like stay around here and be like water, be very flexible in circumstances life gives you, because you never know what's coming down your way. Like you start like, yeah, it's going to go great, but it never goes perfectly. There's always hurdles to cross. And um, so I love that. Um, What mistakes did you make early on that you learned the most from when you started your salon? Trying to be too fluid sometimes, Um, like listening to what every single person wanted Mm -hmm. and losing sight of what my principles were to please other people. And uh, we found out after about a year, um, I finally sat down and Doug was like, are you ready? (laughs) to listen and let's find out what our guidelines are and where our boundaries are and what our mission is. And once we discovered that, that made things go so much better. And also we have changed our mission statement. We've changed what has um, gone along over time. However, our main principles are still the same. Yeah. Yeah. So you found your core, like what, yeah, your main principles, your foundation of your business. And so you've figured out what those were and then you're able to evolve the things that are on top of that, but your foundation stayed the same. 
Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So what are some common like misconceptions that you feel that people have when owning their salon? Like people, misconceptions that either the salon owner has or people having looking in. Um, that salon owners just make all the money. <laughs> nice. Yep. I Good one. Remember, love that. Yeah. I can remember being a stylist and I would sit there and figure, um, okay, this person's bringing in this much and this person's bringing in this much. And I would sit there and do the math in my head and I would calculate as like, man, they're walking away with so much money. And I mean, I was smart enough to figure out, okay, they're probably paying this much for this and this much for that and all that. Little did I know. Um, so my biggest misconception was that salon owners make all the money. <laughs> and um, then I also realized, I guess, that Everybody doesn't necessarily hold to their word. Um, that was a painful lesson. Uh, I've just always been a person of my word. And so I just thought everybody was that way. Even though a part of me knew there wasn't, um, I found it was a lot more uh, there with you. They're there with you until they're not. And um, that's the best way I can say it. So that was a, a painful thing. So I had to learn to separate emotion from business. And that was probably one of the biggest lessons I had to learn. Wow. Yeah. If you're listening here and you've struggled to separate emotion from business, comment, uh, struggled in the chat because I'd love to know how many out there also can struggle. Because I know for myself, I don't even own my own business, but I struggle every day to separate my emotion from what I need to do. So I love that. Um, well, we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about resources to utilize, qualities possessed, and lessons learned all on today's Profitable Flowner podcast. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale the new standard for mixing color. Welcome back to today's Profitable Salon Owner Podcast with me is Alice Campbell. She's been talking about her experience as a salon owner. We are talking about what we wish that we'd known before starting the salon and uh, just the experience that she's had and what she's gotten to learn in her 18 years of owning a salon. Now she owns three salons or two salons and a barbershop. Um, so Alice, tell me more about what has been like, what has been the biggest resource for your salon or a couple resources that you have been able to draw from that have, that has really propelled your business? Um, hands down, uh, other than my husband, uh, Doug is okay. HPSA. I am so grateful <clears throat> that he saw the need and reached out there and Jason Everett and Doug meeting was just priceless. Um, because the two of them both saw the, the struggle that salon owners have and the need for, for help and how to, you know, run a business, 
uh, like the hands-on part of it, like the business side of it and how to work with yourself to be able to work better mm -hmm. to provide the best workspace possible. Um, Cause you know, there's a lot of places to work out there and there's a lot of resources out there and we've tried many over the years and we've had some help from some of them, but the community that I have within HPSA is, is just prices. The performance packs that I meet with every week, everyone I've ever been in has just been like, they hold your hand. And the fact that you get confidence in knowing that you're not the only one that struggles with this or that. And then you get the blessing of helping someone when they're struggling with something. You're like, oh, I went through that. Let me tell you how it worked. And then you are able to give them some feedback. And then you hear from them the next week and they're like, oh my gosh, it worked so great. Just that mm -hmm. being able to give and take um, is just an amazing resource. The videos is kind of, it's a joke in our house because, you know, I am in the house with Doug and uh, <laughs> I'll go to him and I'll say, da, 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 da. I need help with this. Tell me what to do. And it's a joke in our house. He'll laugh and he goes, we have this huge resource and it's called the library or the trainings. <laughs> and I promise you, I've done a training on that. Why don't you go watch it? And oh of course, gosh. Because I'm like, no, that's not fair. Just tell me. And he's like, it'll come much better if you watch the training. And it really is true. And uh, so if you feel like maybe you are lost or you're not having the help you need, it's there at our fingertips. We just have to, um, I guess, pull up and search the resources that we have. And yeah. the fact that they are at my fingertips anytime I need them, really is a blessing. That's huge. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about um, like b maintaining a client base. Like what has been your go-to, like when you, you know, your go-to for maintaining influx of clients, like do you do, what has been your, what's your, do you have a secret sauce or do you have anything that you would like to down that path? Yes. Uh, I am a firm believer in the fact that people buy people. Mm. So, You'll hear from a lot of different places and a lot of different um, industry help out there that will tell you, don't become friends with your clients. Um, don't get too close to them. You know, all these things, which there is a fine line that you have to walk with that to where um, you don't start doing the friend discount, the friend zone that you do have to be very careful with. But building a relationship is key. There's very few industries anymore that you can get on a personal connection basis with people. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that I can be there and listen to somebody and go through their life things, their life trials, and be an ear. Because there's a lot of people who want to tell you what to do or give you advice. But not many people just listen. So yeah. making that connection, I think, is absolutely huge. And also making sure that you're providing the best service possible. Um, yeah. People want to be heard. We all want to be heard. And anybody that says they don't want to be heard, you might want to check yourself 
because guarantee you, you want to be heard. And sitting in the salon chair is one place in life in today's world that you can sit one-on-one with a person and actually be heard. So mm-hmm. when that person sits down, I always, I don't care if I've done their hair, I've done hair for 39 years now. I have clients wow. that I've done well over 30 years and I've got a few associates that'll ask along the way. They'll say, what has made you stay with Alice all this time? We know she's a rock star hairdresser, but is that what's kept you here? And they'll smile and they say, Alice has kept me here. And yes, it's a bonus that she does amazing hair, but, and I don't say that to brag by any means, but um, I think a connection is a big thing. I really do. Nice. How have you been able to replicate that with your, with your other stylists in your salon? How, How have you been able to make the culture of being good to your guests? Coaching them on that. Um, and it's, harder for, I think the, the last, the generation that's coming in right now for a lot of reasons. Number one, um, they text to talk. They can be sitting in the same room <laughs> and texting each other. That was not a, even a thing. When I started out, there was not even email. I'm just going to tell you, I'm a dinosaur. So um, <laughs> when, when that happened, you had to pick up a phone with a cord and call someone, mm-hmm. or you had to hand write a letter. So when I started out, every guest that came in, I hand wrote notes. If I hadn't seen them in a while, I couldn't call and reach out. So, um, on a, or I couldn't text and reach out. You couldn't email and reach out. So that's how a lot of relationships got started. But a lot of um, people are uncomfortable with like one-on-one because everything is so like we're doing right now. I mean, you're in a different state than where I'm at. But communicating, there's people listening to this that are all different paces. And I think it's amazing that we have this tool for us because it is a way that we can connect and bring together. But I think it's amazing that we're doing it face to face. Even though we're miles and miles apart, the fact that we can do it face to face and make a connection is much stronger than typing an email. Um, oh, completely. So I coach them like, you know, when they're working with their guests and they get that color on and they walk away because they're like, I don't know what else to say. So coaching them on things to talk about, um, key questions to ask, to get the guests to talk about themselves, because that's what you want to do. You want to pull as much information out of them. That helps you, believe it or not, in their lifestyle of what kind of cut and color you want to recommend, what kind of products you want to recommend. And the more you find out about them, it helps you to help them get full yeah. service of what they need. I love that. Cause I know, cause I know we've, we did a podcast not too long ago about talking about, um, maybe it was a training on like, yeah, like what kind of conversations to have with your, with your stylist. I was going to actually ask you like, how does that relate with, with um, selling retail? But then you circled it right back around. The more you get to know them, the more you can recommend good products that they'll want to use. Like how busy is their life? How much time do they have to do their hair? Like that's very important things to know for what kind of product to recommend. Cause I just went blonde and I'm every time I do purple shampoo, it takes me like 20 minutes to take a shower and I'm like, Oh man, this is a lot of work. And so I was like, do I really want to be blonde. Um, but knowing those things about people is really good to be able to, yeah, like you said, recommend those products. I love that. What has been one of the strongest qualities that you've needed to possess as a salon owner? Uh, compassion. Ooh. I would say compassion is, is key there because 
whether it's a guest or whether it's an employee, when they come to you with an issue, um, you need to come to it with a compassionate heart, but then be able to separate the emotion and find out where it came from. Because sometimes what they're actually struggling with is not what they're saying they're struggling with. Um, mm -hmm. It could be something totally different. So you have to learn to read bet between the lines and find out what is it that they're really trying to tell me. And without compassion, you can't do that. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. I have to, that's a very good quality. That's a good. I was like, because there's so many different, obviously, paths you probably had to wear and different emotions you've had to feel as being a salon owner. So to pull out compassion, I love the way that you explained that. Um, as of 18 year and 30, you said 34 years you've been cutting hair? 39. <laughs> 39. Oh my gosh. That's such a long time. It's older than I am. Um, what has, like you've been working a while. So what has, how do you combat burnout? Like how do you, what do you, how do you take care of yourself to make sure that you're not getting burnt out? 100% education and salon community. Mm. I went, um, I can give a good example. I, when I started out in the industry, the first seven years, um, I thought I was rock and roll. You know, I went to school, knew what I was doing. It was natural to me. And yeah. at seven years, I was like, hmm, I'm kind of stuck. Uh, why am I not moving forward? And I went yeah. to work for a commission salon that had a lot of education. And then I become an educator for them. And it was just like my fire was lit because you're always thinking of new. You're not stuck in a rut. Um, you're thinking about someone other than yourself. And I think giving back and then the only way to give back is you can learn more. So yeah. in learning, learning always gives inspiration. Uh, people have come. I've been in classes that I've taught and they're like, Oh, I'm here to be inspired. Well, you know, it's like, how do you inspire someone? You give them knowledge, which knowledge is power. So when someone has power, they have knowledge. And I think that keeps you from being burnt out. And then as a salon owner, I found out, uh, and that was one of the things that Doug and Jason, I think really hit the nail on the head when they realize, okay, you can get a lot of education on how to do, you know, move from pulling hair through a cap to oiling to balayage and hair painting, all these things. Um, that's very important to learn. But the next step is if you are the salon owner or a leader in the salon, you know, um, whether you're a shareholder, whether you're a trainer, any kind of leadership position within there, you need other people of like minds to collaborate with to help you move forward uh, because you need that power and you need that knowledge for the inspiration to keep moving forward. Otherwise, if you keep doing the same old thing, you, you're like a dog chasing its tail. You just sit there and keep doing the same thing. Nothing's going to change. And then you get burnt out because you can get bored or start to feel like, no, like what value are you holding when you're just repeating the same things over and over again? Right. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, okay, so last question for you that I'd love to talk about is looking back on your journey as a salon owner, what would you say has been the most valuable lesson that you have learned? Clear 
agreements. Ooh. Thousand percent clear agreements. Mm -hmm. Whether it's an agreement with your staff, whether it's with a client, um, a vendor, uh, no matter who you deal with, very clear agreements can really uh, save you a lot of heartache. Knowing what to ask. Yeah. Like, I mean, it can be, time. when you're hiring someone new, if you have fuzzy agreements, like you give them half the information and then they get into oh, the program and all of a sudden you're like, oh, by the way, we have a dress code. You know, that might alter how someone feels, you know, um, because they're like, well, you didn't tell me how to dress code. So then all of a sudden, you know, that starts ruffling feathers. Um, it could be yeah. something as simple as that. Uh, so having yeah. very clear exactly how you're paid, exactly how vacation works, exactly um, how dress code works, exactly how your commission rate works, all those things being very, very clear to where neither side has any questions. And then we each sign it. That way, you know, for a fact, there's clear agreements and someone can't come back later and say, oh, you never told me that. Well, here we have a piece of paper. Um, something about clear agreements always brings the fuzz out of the equation. Yeah. Um, it could be you have that you're like, oh, if you purchase this much, then you'll get this much complimentary. And all of a sudden you don't get your complimentary products. And you're like, what happened? Oh, well, there was fine print that said if you didn't purchase this all at one time, then that doesn't matter anymore. So now you've lost out on that. It could be a guest that doesn't realize that you have a cancellation policy. And then you lose a guest over the fact that they got charged for a no-show. There's all those little tiny things can become big things without clear agreements. With clear agreements, everybody's on the same page and it just makes things run much smoother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really huge. And yeah, to have something written down that you could both turn back to and be like, this is well, it's on the paper. This is what it was written and being very clear. And you come to an agreement before the transaction happens, whether yeah, hiring or employee or whatever it looks like before it's a done deal, you guys come to a complete agreement on it. That's huge. That's good for any, that's any industry, any job, any life. That's such a good reminder to have. Um, well, thank you, Alice. This has been, this has been really great. I love just like talking, talking it up all your experience getting to share. I hope that if you've been listening to this, that you learned something valuable. If you have any questions that you would love to know, please drop them in the chat or send us a message. Um, we'd love to chat with you and any, anything else that you have. Alice, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was so fun. Um, I'm not always a big camera person, but it was great. Thanks. You did so good. Yeah. All right. Talk to you. Thank you for joining us on Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. We'll see you next episode. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and check us out at ProfitableSalon.com for more episodes, content, and to help you turn your salon into the business you've always dreamt of.